everybody, welcome back to the Green Light Podcast. It's Jackson here. And Lauren. And we are here today. What are we doing today? Wait, wait a minute. What are we doing today, Lauren? The same thing we do every week, Jackson, Whoa. except for once a month. Besides what are once you a month. talking about? <laughs> the three weeks out of the four <laughs> of a month is what we do this every yeah. time. But what is that? For the new folks. Okay. For, our new for listeners. the new folks. Um, we talk about some old movies, some new movies, and some trivia. Yep. And whether or not, ultimately, we would green light them. That is true. That is exactly what we're doing. And I realize, Lauren, that we have a pair of horror movies today. We do. A pair of spooky movies. Spooky movies. Uh, so I Halloween will be... in July. Yes, exactly. Christmas. You've heard of Christmas in July? Just kidding. Halloween in July. Exactly. Don't forget about Halloween. It doesn't forget about you. <laughs> okay, uh, Lauren, since you have the older movie, what are you going to be talking about? I'm going to be talking about the 1985 cult classic-ish Ghoulies. Some could say cinematic masterpiece. Some would. Not saying me. Some would. Uh, and I will be talking about the 2021, technically 2020 film, if you count its premiere, uh, A Quiet Place Part 2. Uh, so before we get into that, two exciting movies to talk about. You actually probably just heard some spooky music because I did that. Um, future Jackson on top of it. Future, Well, technically past Jackson. I actually did that just now. Oh, I, I found the music. Time so, traveling. Pat, you look at me. Crazy. Uh, so, uh, before we do that, let's do a few housekeeping things. Uh, just some quickens. Uh, we have a lot of bonus content coming out on our Patreon. Yeah, wow. Just like a lot of it. We so, just did a green lit. Yes, we did. Of E.T., the extraterrestrial. Yeah, yeah. Let me tell you. The movie holds up. It was my first time seeing it, but, yes. and Lauren's uh, Lauren had seen it before, which seems like a theme with a lot of our greenlets. Anyways, well. uh, but um, I'm making you watch movies that I'm like, you've never seen this? Pretty much, which is fine. because There are plenty e of movies that I haven't seen, though, that sure, you've seen. Sure. E.T. the Extraterrestrial. Uh, it's a great movie, and we have a great discussion on it, I think. Yeah. Uh, so, and we uh, had some great beer. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. Uh, extra earthy. Yeah. Extra earthy. Um, also bike. Yes, correct. Uh, so we did that, and then we also have a road trip episode coming out. For road those trip. of you at our green... Chandelier. Chandelier level, uh, you will be getting a road trip. Uh, you want to tell the people about what the road trip episode is, Lauren? Okay, so uh, we we did... This is our first episode with our new road trip format. Because, um, you know, we don't have uh, a lot of people at that level. We do not. So we sort of just were like catering to what people wanted for a while things like that we did an epic poem we did a play we did um but this time we decided our new format to make it something that is you know reasonable for us to do yep um and also fun and valuable for everybody is we are taking a public domain work of theater and we are analyzing it and we are reading some scenes from it and it's like a cliff's notes but better and audio Stuff. And more fun, because we and add fun, fun to it. And exactly. yeah, we, we read excerpts, and it's a, it's a lot of fun. So we did Our Town. Yes. Uh, the, the classic Which I had never Fort read, and, and Jackson had read, so there you go. And I had. There we go. Look at that, people. Uh, but yeah, so uh, that is what we did for our road trip episode. So subscribe to our Patreon. Join the Patreon family, the Patreon club. Yay. You get all that bonus content. Uh, oh, and we actually just did get a new patron at the $1 level. Yes, we did. Um, or I think uh, they, they might have been in Europe question mark but let the me the one euro level Ooh, what are we gonna buy with our euros some fish <laughs> and chips uh so our new patron is emerson lote so thank you so much emerson Thanks, e. for joining our it. patreon family appreciate it e. uh we are planning on because um you might be thinking oh wait this is episode 59 
next week is the last one of the season and you will and be you're correct. Right. <laughs> so you're in those two weeks, correct. we are planning on posting uh, probably actually some stuff for who is that at the $1 yeah. level on our Patreon. And we also might do a quick, um, you know, a ramble. Quick ramble episode about something yeah. that we've seen as well. Just us talking about our thoughts on a, yeah. on a specific thing. Uh, so do that. Also, uh, we don't have any new iTunes reviews, so get on that, everyone. Rate yeah, review us, please. Yeah, really, really helps. It really helps. Uh, okay. Uh, follow us on social media at who is nope nope at TGL, TGL underscore pod. pod and at Greenlight Pod on Facebook. Yes. Okay. Lauren, you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? Um, I have the older one, so I'll go first, I guess. Okay. If that's Sounds okay. perfect. Lauren's gonna Lauren's gonna lead us in Him. with ghoulies. Ghoulies. Um, yeah. So unlike E.T. the Extraterrestrial, this is not a Spielberg film. But I will be talking about You're right. a Spielberg-produced film. Yes, you will be. In accordance with this. So, uh, Ghoulies is a 1985 movie, even though it says 1984 on IMDb, but the release date was uh, March 2nd, 1985. Okay. Um, and that'll be important later. Was there Basically, a global pandemic that uh, postponed its release? Uh, no. Um, oh, but, weird. well, because I think the thing that is interesting with this release, I'll go ahead and mention, uh, I did do a little side-by-side with Gremlins because they are very similar, and Gremlins came out in 1984 in the mm, summer. Um, so very much around the same time. Definitely same vibes, Yeah. except that this is worse. <laughs> yes, correct. Spoilers, um, spoilers. Yeah, showing spoilers. my hand a little bit spoilers. there. Uh, so here's a synopsis. A young man and his girlfriend move into an old mansion home where he becomes possessed by a desire to control ancient demons. So here's what I think that leaves out a little bit. Um, first of all, the demons are puppets. They're like yeah, but creepy like, gross Muppets. But like not in the world of the of the movie. They're well, yeah, puppets. yeah, yeah. I know. They're like demons, whatever. Um, but also, <laughs> second of all, it's not just a desire to control ancient demons. This man is a Satanist. Yes. And not just that, it's he's not just moving into any old mansion. He inherits this mansion from his like dead father. Sheesh. Who was a huge Satanist and tries to sacrifice him as a baby at the beginning of the movie. It sounds like there are a lot of layers here. A lot of layers. A lot of layers that lead to a good film. Uh, So this is a puppet monster movie or pupster movie. See, that makes it sound better than I imagined this is. Pupster. Yeah. (laughs) But good. Good. I like the the word mashing. There you go. Um, Okay. So here's one thing. And I'll get into this a little <laughs> bit later with my thoughts, but okay. I think we decided to watch this movie as a house because we wanted to watch a bad horror movie. And we saw the poster for this, which is, uh, it's like a kind of, it's the shot of this movie of like one of the ghoulies popping up out of the toilet, which, uh, fun fact, not in my two truths and a lie, caused lots of angry mothers to write letters because their children were scared to go to the bathroom uh, after seeing uh-huh. the poster for Interesting. this movie. Interesting. Um, yeah, but the thing is, for all the ghoulies and the advertising, they really don't play that big of a part in the movie. So so you're saying, Lauren, that a movie named Ghoulies and also heavily advertised to have ghoulies, not a lot of ghoulies. <laughs> it's just, they were not used nearly as much as they should sure, have been. Too, that is there are too much people in this movie, I would say. <laughs> less people, less people. Less people, more ghoulies. More ghoulies. Yeah. Well, yeah, because it was really like... I don't know. I think what I expected was that the ghoulies were going to get out of control, start like terrorizing the whole outside world. Um, but like, well, that's because you've seen Gremlins. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but that's what I wanted was a knockoff Gremlins. Sure, and but like, they got. never really like 
someone who's not supposed to control them starts controlling them, but they never really get like out of anyone's control. Sure. They never like leave the house where they are. Ghoulie's not rambunctious enough for you. Really, it they're, wasn't. They're not ghoulish enough for you. Exactly. Interesting. So, okay. you know, and it's also, too, just, like, a little unclear what their powers were. But I'll talk about that a little more later. Okay, so sure. We're before, jumping the gun. Yeah. Jumping the ghoulie gun. Okay, so something I wanted to discuss. This is a satanic panic movie. Yep. So if you're not familiar with what satanic panic is... It's uh, not a cool uh, 80s punk band, That's right. <laughs> unfortunately, yeah. This is from Vox. Uh, Satanic Panic was the, quote, societal fear of the occult that troubled the U.S. and other parts of the world throughout the 80s and into the early 90s, characterized by fear th- fearful media depictions of godless teenagers and the deviant music and media they consumed. Mm. So, basically, here's why Satanic Panic was bad. Because a lot of goth teenagers kept getting blamed for, like, murders that they didn't commit yep. because they were like oh well they're goth they probably sacrificed them they probably <laughs> worship satan uh-huh. and they were like we're just vibing we like wearing black yeah um now granted i mean i did just recently listen to a small time murder episode where someone did actually sacrifice someone who you know they uh i think they just wanted to murder someone but they did it in the name of satan i guess sure Sure. But anyway, so it's like, not to say that didn't happen, but there were a lot of accusations flying around unjustly. Um, and, you know, it's like, if there was a goth kid in town, everyone made their kids stay away from them, which probably made them depressed. Sure. So, Satanic Panic was bad. Uh, so this movie, the more I think <laughs> about it, exacerbates that issue, because they're not just taking, like, oh, a goth kid who maybe was predisposed for Satanism, if we're going by 80s thinking, they're taking this normal guy who is a grad student. Yep. uh, Like, he's in grad school. um, And he's turned into a Satanist, like his father before him, by this horrible house. He starts doing terrible things to his friends and girlfriend under the influence of Satanism. Um, So I feel like this movie is almost trying to say that, like, I don't know, normal people are susceptible to the lore of Satanism, too? Sure. I don't know. Anyway, um, so there's that. This podcast <laughs> is an anti-satanic anti-satanic panic, panic podcast. podcast. We're, we're getting out there right now. We're getting in front of it. <laughs> also, I mean, I will say I'm also anti-Satanism, probably, but, uh, yeah. you know. We, you, you both can exist. Both can exist. <laughs> we're anti-satanic yeah. panic, also anti-Satanism. Anti-Satan, really. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Sorry, Satan, you're not allowed here. Yeah. <laughs> so like I mentioned before, this came out right around the same time as Gremlins, less than a year apart. So let's do a little compare and contrast. Shall we? Okay. People involved in these movies that I have heard of, <laughs> Gremlins had about four. Uh, okay. Not a lot of the actors, really, that I'm familiar with, but um, Chris Columbus was the writer of Gremlins. Christopher Columbus. That's right. I am astonished. Except that he wasn't really well-known at the time. That was kind of his first big thing that he did. Sure. Um, but he also did Harry Potter, the first one? Yes. And the second one? Or yes. just the first one? I think both. Okay. I'm pretty sure both. Cool. Anyway. Anyways. And lots of other stuff, too. Um, but Steven Spielberg produced this. Speely. So that's kind of the, the really big thing with He's this. He's a big name. And also... You're not going to believe this person who's in Gremlins. Who do you think voiced Gizmo in Gremlins? Oh, God. If you had to guess. Uh, Robin Williams. Howie Mandel. Really? Yeah. That's actually shocking. I would would never have guessed that. Me neither. However, Gizmo sings like a little song. He did not do that. 
Oh, okay. But all the rest of Gizmo. Come on, Howie. That's, that's Howie. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Um, yeah, okay. As opposed to Ghoulies, um, I had heard of zero people involved with Ghoulies. Sheesh, none of them. Okay, uh, budget versus box office. Gremlins, the budget was $11 million. It made $212.9 million. Ghoulies, budget was $5.5 million. Yep. And it made... And it grossed $200 million. Not quite, but you know, $34 million. So it was not a, an awful like, really not success. bad. Like it, it wasn't a failure. It like six times its money. Yeah, which is so, which is pretty good. Really, I mean, if you double your money, that's that's kind of what people hope for. Yeah, a lot of times. Um, so not too bad. Uh, okay, cuteness of monsters. <laughs> Gremlins. A bit subjective. <laughs> I gave it a five out of ten because they're ten out of ten cute half the time. Sure. Technically, though, the gremlins themselves are always bad. It's That's when true. they're the mogwai, mo- 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 mogwi, uh, whatever you call the, the furry ones. I guess that's fair, but, but you know, I but I mean, cuteness of monsters as a whole, though, I would still sure. consider the furry ones to be monsters. How dare you? But even though continue. they are friendly, sure. Anyway, uh, ghoulies, I gave it a zero out of ten. Okay. No cuteness. No room for whatsoever. the ghoulies in this spot. We're an anti-ghoulies podcast. Yeah. As the B, as the entity. Okay, this one's a little more in the weeds. Um, the power of the monsters. So gremlins. Okay. Uh, basically, gremlins as a whole actually comes from this like weird World War II folklore. Okay. Where gremlins would always be like messing with the planes. Like there were Classic. literally like propaganda ads that were like. Triple check your engines because gremlins like messing with the planes. They you sure know, do. like Roald Dahl wrote a whole story about gremlins. Wow. Um, and then I think Disney did a little animated series based on it, or maybe he wrote the series. I don't remember. But um, yeah, so that's kind of what that's from. So basically, they're, they're devious, uh, they mess up machinery. And then according to this movie, they also multiply when wet. <laughs> Yes. So um, that too. Even when they're the furry ones, they multiply when wet. And also don't feed them after midnight. Exactly. That too. Um, With ghoulies, it's just kind of unclear what their Mm. powers are. Like, I guess they're they're good at latching onto people's eyes. Hey, we saw that. And then we also have seen that they can kind of like get inside people's bodies. So we were seeing some weird little like under the skin Mm. things with the ghoulies. Mm. Um, and then they also, like, seem to be, if you are, you know, a Satanist and have sold your soul and also have neon contacts <laughs> with the pupils going in different directions. Anybody in the audience, huh? Yeah. <laughs> um, then they seem pretty easy to control, uh, whereas okay. gremlins, not easy to control. So sure. I believe that the gremlins are more threatening than the ghoulies as a whole. Seems like it. To the world, you know. Sure. Um, anyway... I guess uh, the only other compare and contrast I really want to do is genre. So this is the sure. biggie. This is the real reason. I mean, on top of the the you know budget and people involved and all that stuff, the real reason I think Gremlins probably had a little more success. Um, Gremlins was a dark comedy. Yeah, you know it had a lot of comedic moments. Yeah, there's like some horror in there. Obviously, you know it's a monster movie, but um, it has a lot of comedic moments. I think it's fairly self aware. Yeah. And I think that's part of what makes it great. Whereas Ghoulies, it's like a cult horror, some body horror. But in general, it just took itself way too seriously yeah. for a pupster movie. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, 
yeah, so that's kind of my big thing. I think that now at this point, like the reason, because it, it has three sequels, which is wild to yeah. me. Uh, How many sequels one is, does Gremlins have? Still, I think only one. I think only one. I feel like. Let me look it up. You I keep feel talking. like a third might have been like announced or something, and then it didn't happen, you or there was a series talking. or something like that. Anyway, but I think that the reason the sequels have been made is that it has become a little bit of a cult classic because you know people love to make fun of this movie. I'm people. Um, <laughs> anyway, let's talk about the people involved in this movie. Mm, let's do it. Okay, so we have a writer director situation We're here. We're not going to know any of them. <laughs> honestly, I could have guessed. Just, I mean, there are great writer directors out there, but a lot of times if you see a bad movie, it's like written, directed, produced by the same person. Sure. Uh, so this person is um, Luca Bercovici. Um, I think he's Italian. Um, so this guy works. I mean, I had never heard of him, but he has done a lot of just random stuff that I have never heard of. Um, I think his last credit was in like 2015. So, I mean, he's he's done a lot of stuff, but he has 69 acting credits and 10 writing credits. Although three of those were for the Ghoulies sequels that it seems like he didn't yeah. actually write. He, um, just, he just got character credits for sure, them. Yeah. Um, but he only directed the first one. It's, okay. I, I don't know if like maybe the rights to Ghoulies were bought by a company and then they were like, okay, we like the concept, <laughs> but we don't like this guy. They had to get their hands on Ghoulies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's it's some incredible IP right there. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but anyway, yeah, lots of stuff that I hadn't really heard of with him. The other writer was Jeffrey Levy, Levi. Um, he directed one episode of CSI and also an episode of Monk. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, he also was not really involved in the Ghoulies sequel. So again, he's, um, he's credited for a character, but not really like as a writer for the other one. So I think they just like ditched their whole team. Cause I mean, even a lot of the actors don't pop up in the sequels. Huh? Yeah. They couldn't replicate that original magic. magic. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he also has a good amount of credits, but not really much I've heard of. Um, people acting in this movie. They have to do that. They do They do have that. to do that. Okay, so our main guy, Jonathan Graves, who is the, you know, Jonathan son. Jonathan Graves? No. Huh. The son Satanist guy. His name yep. is Peter Liapis. Wow. Um, <laughs> he is actually also only in the first and the fourth Ghoulies. Odd. <laughs> yeah, so not in the second and third. Um... I literally have not heard of anything else he's been in. He has other credits, but I haven't heard of anything else he's been in. And um, his photo on IMDb is from this, so Ah, I probably should have guessed. Yeah. Um, (laughs) If Ghoulies was his peak. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, well, it's also like, you know, I don't want to like poop on these actors or anything because it's like, you know, they clearly are still working. They're trying. They're auditioning. It's like, I can't really fault them for that because for all I know, that that could be me. I'll be in one bad movie and, you know, that's kind of it. Sure. Um. But, you know, it is kind of sad that it's like they probably have not gotten a lot of jobs because of their involvement in Ghoulies. Sure. And like a movie that has become sort of a cult classic at least didn't even help their career. Yeah. Um, so that's just kind of a bummer to see. Um, Lisa Pelican, she was Rebecca. Um, before this, she was actually on an episode of Happy Days. And since she's been on episodes of Murder, She Wrote and SVU... Uh, she's done like a good amount of like kind of low budget horror movies. Um, also low budget and TV movies that are like romance movies. Um, but I have actually seen her in one other thing. You've, you've seen that horror movie circle, right? Where like the 50 people are in a circle. They have to choose who dies next. Yes. So she was the cancer survivor. Oh, nice. Okay. And she's still doing stuff. Her last credits from like 2018. 
Uh, okay, so this is kind of our big one. Uh, Michael Debar, Desbaris, I am not sure. Um, he has 112 acting credits. Wow, good for him. But they're all, he like, works. pretty small things. It's like, he has a lot of just, like, I have heard of a lot of the stuff they've done, but he's all, like, one or two episode appearances on all these different shows. Well, that's so, why he needs so many, Lauren. True. So, he's been in, um, let me see, he was, he's... In both the new and the old, the original MacGyver TV series. Nice. Um, as different people, though, but I guess they just wanted him back. Um, he did some VO for the Dishonored video game. Oh, nice. Uh, he voiced cultists, which is funny, because he was the satanic dad hey, in this. Hey, there you go. Um, he was in episodes of CSI and NCIS. He was in the Gilmore Girls. He was in Charmed as a dark priest. I'm Ooh. seeing a theme here. Yeah, this guy has a type. <laughs> yeah, he was in Suits. He was in the Moves Like Jagger music video, hey. credited as Man on Stage. Ah. Uh, he was in Jag. He was in Frasier. Catch that kid. He was in Mulholland Drive, uh, credited pretty low. Um, he was immigration agent number two in the Sylvester and Tweety Mysteries, an animated okay. series. Don't know why they were immigration agents. He was on The Ellen Show, The Roseanne Show. Uh, he did VO for a Mortal Kombat series. So he's done a lot. He's done a lot. Yeah. He's also in The Real Adventures of Johnny Quest, Seinfeld, Batman the Animated Series, <laughs> Spider-Man the Animated Series, Superboy, and 21 Jump Street. I'm glad we got all those. <sighs> he also has a lot of soundtrack credits, and I was really curious about this, because I was like, oh, maybe this guy's primarily a musician now, because a lot of this was for stuff I've heard of, but digging a little deeper, I found out that he did one song with Holly Knight called Obsession that has been used in all kinds of things like 30 Rock, Psych, Dallas Buyers Club, Ingrid Goes West, all kinds of stuff. Um, but the thing is, even that song, there's a more famous cover of it by Anna Motion, which mm. I actually, after listening to it, think I have heard before. Well, there you go. So, yeah. Rough look for Michael DeVar. Tough look, Michael. Um... Yeah, and then I did look up, um, just because there was one of his friends was this guy who, like, called himself Toad Boy, and it was just a really weird character. Like, I don't know why he was like that. Um, he was just, like, yeah, very awkward and for some reason named himself Toad Boy I would not and said like a lot of really weird lines. any Toad Boy slander on this podcast. It though. wasn't a mean nickname. He called himself that, so I was just very confused. Yeah, I'm not saying that's bad. I'm saying you're yeah. slandering him. Okay. Stop slandering him. Uh, well, anyway, but I, I did look him up just to see, you know, if he um, had gotten his big break maybe from being Toad Boy. He did not. Um, okay. He was, though, in, uh, he was in Rain Man. He was in the older, the Flash series, um, and his last credit was in 2002, so I think he stopped acting. Mm. Okay, so let's talk about my thoughts. Okay. You probably already know a lot of my thoughts. You spilled a little. But um, there's actually something with my two truths and a lie that I will add some more thoughts to later. Because I think that... Uh, anyway, yeah, I won't say anything more about that or I'm going <laughs> to okay. give it away. Um, but the main thing I think that would have made this movie better is if it was campy, if it was self-aware. A little self-awareness for sure. You know, there were a lot of reviews saying it was campy, but... I don't think any camp in this was intentional. Uh, sure. Um, it's like it gave me Gremlins vibes. It gave me Labyrinth vibes, but yeah. without any of the fun. Yeah. And like I said, they really didn't use the ghoulies enough, you know, because I'm yeah. sure those puppets were expensive. Mm. And yeah, they just really didn't utilize them to the fullest extent. And that Be made me sad. Before I do this, your um, 
do your two, two truths and a lie have to do with the Rotten Tomatoes score? No. Okay, I just wanted to look it up. Because I remember it being shockingly low when we looked it up. Well, I think you said it was like 8% or something like I think that. so. I just wanted to I verify that. And 8%. Yeah. 8%. Which again, feels high. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, Yeah, another thing is that, like I said, the ghoulies never really got out of control. Like, I don't think that, you know, I think they tried to make the conflict of this movie and the arc of this movie, like the main guy getting pulled further and further into Satanism and kind of losing his grasp on life and everything. Uh-huh. But I think it would have been far more interesting if the arc was him like, wanting this power, getting this power, and then that power getting out of hand. Because we never really saw that happen. I think that would have made more sense as a climax yeah. than what we saw. Um, Another thing, I also think that the main guy probably should have died. Okay. Because I don't know. I just death. don't think he was really redeemable at more the end. More death and He literally, like, his girlfriend was not behaving the way he wanted her to and, like, didn't approve of his uh, Satanism. And he, like, used satanic power to basically, like, hypnotize her okay. and make her do whatever he wanted. And I was not a fan of that. I think he deserved to die. Um, and then the other thing is that, like, him learning about Satanism, like, in-world moved very, very fast. It was okay. like he should not have figured out how to speak Latin and everything and know how to do all this stuff this Lauren, fast. he's a satanic prodigy. I don't know what you want, to, <laughs> you want me to say. I mean, he does it, family lineage, you know? Exactly. But, um, but then at the same time, it's like it moved too fast in world, but it took way too much of the runtime of this movie. Like yeah. like I said, <laughs> they should have brought the ghoulies in way earlier. Sure. Um, Bring me the ghoulies. <laughs> so just all around, like the pacing was bad. Um, not enough ghoulies. Just in general... Not a fan. Although I was actually a pretty big fan of them. There were these two, like, they weren't ghoulies, but they were, like, I don't know if they were, like, actual little people or if they were kind of, like, photoshopped head kind of thing. But there were a couple of, like, people in armor that they brought up to kind of help him do his big ritual to get all the knowledge and power and whatever that was sort of vaguely described. Yeah. Um, And they were actually really funny. You know, they had a a good, like, banter and camaraderie. And, like, I would have liked to see more of them because they weren't brought in until fairly late in the movie, too. Okay. So, yes, it still made money. It, like, six times its money. Mm -hmm. But I would still red light it. And I think that's fair. As a studio and as a person. Yeah. Just, no. Sorry, ghoulies. I think if they would have made the adjustments that I described, maybe. Sure. All right, Lauren, well, give me your two truths and a lie and let me demolish you another week in a row. Yeah, okay. (laughs) All right. Truth number one. This film was originally greenlit with a script about a boy moving into his grandfather's old house, who was an author, and finding out that the silly monster stories he wrote were true. Whoa. (laughs) Okay. That sounds like the plot to a different movie, but... Truth number two. Okay. (laughs) There are many scenes in this movie, with characters in sunglasses. Not because their eyes are all weird and green and they're trying to hide them, but because this movie was supposed to be shot part 2D, part 3D, and the audience was supposed to put on their glasses when the characters did. No way, right? Truth number three. 3D technology invented. (laughs) During the beginning of this movie, a ghoulie pops out of Jonathan's mother's chest. Before that day, she was unaware that she was allergic to latex, which is what most prosthetics are made of, and had to be hospitalized for two days. 
that seems right because I feel like that happens a lot. But you also could be taking it just from another movie because that happens a lot. Um, what was the second one again? Okay, the second one is um, there are many scenes with characters in sunglasses in this. That's movie. right. The 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 three D okay, thing. That yeah, um, the two D three D thing. I'm gonna say the last one's a lie. Are you serious? Yeah, I got you. Oh, oh, oh I'm undefeated. I'm unstoppable. <laughs> I was like, I didn't even take that from a different movie. I just made that up. Well, I, I just feel like there are so many of those facts out there that it's like, oh, the Tin Man didn't know he was allergic to the paint and almost died, etc. So that's where I took my inspiration from. Sorry, my love. Dang it. Well, yeah, okay. So I will say this is the thing I almost talked about before. If this film had actually been shot hybrid 2D, 3D as planned, yep. I think it would have been so much more successful yep. because it would have had that like novelty thing to it, you oh, know? Because yeah. oh, I've yeah. never seen a film that shot part 2D, part 3D. 100%. You know, yeah. so I thought that was just like wild. And yeah, they started shooting it that way and then they were like, this is way too complicated. I think and it was probably fair. taking too long would have put them over budget Yeah, and they decided not to do it. But I think that was a missed opportunity. For sure. Because that would have been really cool. Yeah. Um, And I also think that the original script idea was honestly maybe a little better. They changed it um for the, the Satanism to appeal to the teenagers. Which is funny because this was the era where everyone was trying to steer Satanic the teenagers panic. away Satanic from Satanism. Panic. So sure. that was interesting. All right. Enough ghoulies? <sighs> Enough ghoulies. All right. Get me out of here. Moving on to the year 2020. Just before Pandemic's about to start, uh, A Quiet Place Part 2 has its premiere and then is quickly delayed for almost another year. So we're going to say A Quiet Place Part 2 2021, even though technically 2020. Following the events at home, the Abbott family now face the terrors of the outside world. Forced to venture into the unknown, they realize the creatures that hunt by sound are not the only threats lurking beyond the sand path. So, essentially, uh, if you don't know, which I mean... If you see this movie, you you realize it. If you have seen the first one, you know. Uh, John Krasinski's character dies at the end of the first one, protecting his family. And then their house is burned down. So they have to find a new place to go and live. So this is about their family finding a new place. Finding someone from their past uh, yeah. uh, who uh, becomes a friend. Reluctantly, but yeah. becomes a friend. Um, and then them sort of journeying to find others. Uh, they, they run along... Um, they they run along some 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 bad monsters, some bad people, etc. I would say overall this movie has a pretty loose plot. Like yeah. th- there's not exactly like a, a a goal for sure. I, I mean the goal is to find safety, but that's yeah. pretty loose. So, well, and I also think that that sort of mimics like long-term life in the apocalypse. Yeah. It's like at a certain point it's like, it's well, I don't really I can't really set any goals in my life. Yeah, for you sure. Know? For sure. Uh, so that's sort of what you're getting into with this movie. Uh, similar vibes as part one. Uh, if you liked part one, you'd probably be like, hey, part two, more of the same? Okay. And I'd say it's more of the same. Uh, but we'll get into those thoughts and everything in a bit. First, we're going to talk about who was a part of this movie, who made this movie happen. So this movie was written, directed, and kind of starred John Krasinski. Uh, if that name isn't familiar to you, uh, you will know him as Jim from The Office. Yep. Uh, that is where he got his start. But first, we're going to talk about him as a director. Uh, John really only has five directing credits, uh, two of them being the Quiet Place movies. Uh, 
he uh, one uh, fun fact he actually directed three episodes of the office and i didn't know that huh yeah i didn't know that either uh, they were from the later seasons i think season six on but he did he directed three of the three of the episodes which hmm. i thought was fun i wonder if some of the ones he directed were like ones he wasn't really <laughs> in you know like possibly hmm yeah uh he also uh, directed a movie in 2016 called The Hollers, which it actually had kind of a stacked cast. Hmm. It starred Charlie Day, Anna Kendrick, Rick- Richard Jenkins, John Krasinski himself, and Randall Park, and Josh Groban. Huh. So uh, kind of a stacked, stacked cast for The Hollers. <laughs> but yeah, overall, John Krasinski is a fairly young director, a fairly new director to the game. Greed, you might say. Green, you might say. Uh, so this movie... A Quiet Place Part 2, as I said, was also written by John Krasinski. Um, and uh, it was also written with character inspiration by Scott Beck and Brian Woods. Now, as I'm going to talk about later, Scott Beck and Brian Woods weren't really involved in the writing of this movie. They were more involved in the writing of the first one. But I'm going to talk a little bit about them, just for a little context. Uh, for John, I mean, kind of the same with directing, except even less. Mostly just A Quiet Place for him. The first one and now the second one. Um, Scott Beck and Brian Woods, actually, I'll talk about them together because they appear to be writing partners. Uh, it seems like they've done a lot of horror, horror shorts, horror films, etc., etc. Uh, but this is by far the biggest things they've done. Um, they were also, however, writers for, uh, 50 States of Fright, which was a Quibi series. Oh, so, rip uh, Quibi. <laughs> rip Quibi. They wrote, uh, three episodes for that. Man, it really does, like, I think Quibi was a bad idea to begin with, but yeah. it really does crack me up how their whole thing was like, oh, you can watch it vertically while you're on the go. Yeah. Cool, watching things. And then everyone being on the go stopped. Yeah. N- no one was on the go No again. one was on the go. And they were never seen again. Uh, so, like I said, uh, those two weren't really involved with, uh, with the second script, uh, but for the first script, uh, they actually sort of had this idea for the script in college, when they were in college together. Uh, and then in July of 2016, John Krasinski read the script, and he was hired to direct and sort of rewrite it a little bit, but obviously keeping sort of that original story. Uh, so kind of cool that they, this idea in college sort of bloomed into this, what is now becoming a film franchise. Yeah. So kind of cool for, for the two lads there. Uh, this movie has a, uh, a smallish cast because it's, it's a bit contained. You got people and you got monsters, but kind of a snack stacked cast. Uh, so you have Emily Blunt, Millicent Simmons, Killian Murphy, John Krasinski, Noah Jupe, and I'm going to butcher this man's name, even though he's a really great actor. Uh, Jimon Hansu. Hansu. We'll talk about him later. But we'll start with the queen herself, Emily Blunt. And I say queen because British. I don't just say queen because British. Also because I like her. <laughs> uh, but you've probably heard of Emily Blunt because she's yeah. a, uh, a very well-known actress. She's got some hits. Uh, she got her start in a lot of period dramas. And that makes sense because, once again, British. Uh, but then obviously some of her other movies that she was in, Devil Wears Prada, Edge of Tomorrow, Sicario, Into the Woods, Girl on the Train, she is this generation's Mary Poppins, and she's going to be in the upcoming movie Jungle Cruise, along with Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Now, let's move on to sort of the de facto kind of protagonist of this movie, uh, Millicent Simmons, who played, uh, uh, Regan, Reagan, Abbott? 
I don't even know if we ever hear her name. Yeah, well, I feel they like don't really talk. they don't really say names. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, she's, she's. I mean, she's obviously very young. If you've seen this movie, you know yeah. uh, uh, she's still kind of a kid. I don't know exactly how old she is. I'd say definitely she looks like she's like 12. She's probably maybe 15, 16. That's what I would imagine, too. Uh, she might actually be even older than that. Really? Um, yeah. Uh, her biggest credits are obviously the Quiet Place franchise, but she got her start in the movie Wonderstruck. Okay. Um, and now she acted a lot as a youth, but not on TV or film, mostly just on like, you know, school stuff, you know, smaller short films, etc. However, <laughs> her drama teacher encouraged her to send in an audition tape for Wonderstruck because they were looking for a deaf actress. She, oh yeah, uh, another thing about her, she is a, a, a deaf actress, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, uh, because her drama teacher encouraged her to. It brought the director to tears, and the rest is history. She's, I, I can imagine she's going to have an a amazing career, An and I'm so happy. career. Yeah, yeah, because honestly, she's one of the best parts about this movie. I think her performance is, is outstanding. Yeah, I mean, and in the first one, too, she's really good. Yeah, for sure. Let's see how old she is. She was born in 2003, so what? March, like... so she's 18. Oh, wow, yeah. Uh, huh. So Millicent is, is 18 years old now. So I mean, yeah. I guess I do have to think about the fact that this movie was shot, like, you know... A couple years ago at this point. For sure. For sure. Um, So I can't wait to see Millicent in some more things. Yeah. Uh, Next we have Killian Murphy as Emmett, uh, an Irish king. He's Irish. I love love Ireland. I studied abroad. Did you guys know? Anyways. Uh, Some of his uh, credits are 28 Days Later, Inceptions, Peaky Blinders. He is the guy in 28 Days Later, huh? He is. And the Dark Knight trilogy uh, as Scarecrow. So he's, he's great in those. Uh, John Krasinski as Lee Abbott. Uh, he has a much smaller role, only in a flashback scene, uh, which is another one of the best parts about this movie. Uh, but obviously, love John Krasinski. Made his start, uh, I mean, not his start. He was he had a few smaller roles. The Office launched him into fame, and now we all know him. Uh, he's also known for Jack Ryan, 13 Hours, Leatherheads. Uh, he was also in uh, the Muppets live-action movie. And he voiced Lancelot in Shrek the <laughs> Third. So that's fun. Yeah. Uh, next we have another young star, uh, Noah Jupe as Marcus Abbott, another one of, uh, John and Emily's sons. Uh, he's another big up-and-coming star, uh, especially recently. He's had a ton of TV credits. Uh, he was in Honey Boy. I, he played young, uh, oh, Shia LaBeouf in yeah. Honey Boy. Uh, and he also, uh, was in Ford versus Ferrari, Wonder, Holmes and Watson. Uh, this kid is gonna be another big star as well, so be on the lookout for Noah Jupe. Yeah. Uh, and finally, uh, Jimon... Hounsu, I'm sure I'm butchering it once again, but he's really great. Um, he does a lot of like mocap and voiceover work. Which one was he? He was the uh, the man on the island, the one who they meet. Oh, 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 oh that guy. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, he, uh, but yeah, he does a lot of mocap stuff, and he honestly, um, I believe is one of the only characters to play um multiple characters in both DC and Marvel movies. Hmm. He was in, he was the wizard in Shazam. He was also in Captain Marvel, Aquaman, Guardians of the Galaxy, Legends of Tarzan, and also just like a bunch of voice work, as I said. So he's, wow. a, he's a really cool actor, and, and I think he's great in everything that I've seen him in. That's awesome. I want to do yeah. mocap so bad. It, it sounds so fun. fun. Yeah. Uh, what was he? He was the voice in, in a video game. I can't remember, but he's done a lot of stuff like that. Honestly, too. if he does mocap, he probably does the, he probably like did the mocap and the voice for whatever character he played. No, totally, absolutely, yeah. That's cool. Uh, so yeah, let's let's dive into a little bit about this movie. Some things I wanted to talk about, uh, and let's first talk about 
the first movie. Um, and, uh, just, you know, how successful that was to see if as a studio, I would want to greenlight this. So the first movie had a budget of 17 million, which for kind of a big blockbuster movie is a little small. Yeah. But it made that back 20, 20-fold. Wow. 350 million. I don't know. 20-fold might be wrong. But more <laughs> said, than... Do the math. <laughs> more than 10-fold. Um, <laughs> that would be... No, that would be more than 20 million because 17 times 2 is 34. That's true. Even more than 20-fold. So yeah. this movie was a financial success. It was a critical success. Uh, 96% uh, critic score on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, it was nominated for a few awards. Uh, it was... Uh, nominated for Oscar for Best Achievement in Sound Editing. I don't know what beat it. I oh, remember. I remember what beat it. Bohemian Rhapsody for oh, just yeah. editing Queen songs into a movie. Yeah, that's true. I was furious. <laughs> kind, of a, kind of a rough one there. Uh, but Emily Blunt also won the SAG Award for Outstanding Performance by a Female Actor in a Supporting Role. And she was great in the first one, and she was great in this one. Um, so, uh, the first one, a success. Very much a success, critically, financially. Boom. However... John Krasinski originally thought of this first movie as kind of like a one-off movie. Uh, when Paramount approached him about making a sequel, he told them at first to seek another writer and director. He said, I don't want to be a part of it. However, Paramount had some other writers and directors approach them with pitches. They didn't like any of them. So three months after the release of the first one, uh, he start, whether he was driven by artistic impulse or monetary desire, <laughs> he starts coming up with brainstorming ideas for a sequel. Um, and sort of the, the crux of the movie that he wanted to make this sequel was that he wanted Millie, who is, uh, who is the, the deaf actress, mm -hmm. to be the lead of the movie. Uh, because he thought that that opened the doors to all of the themes that, uh, that were dealt with in the first movie. Um, and like I said, uh, uh, what were their names? The other the writers, uh, Scott Beck and Brian Woods, uh, were not part of writing this second one. It was solely John Krasinski. Um, they wanted to, uh, they personally just wanted to move on to other projects. Uh, they they had made a statement about sort of wanting to, um, wanting to add to the original creative works in Hollywood as opposed to just doing another sequel, reboot, etc. Which I think is admirable. Yeah. Uh, but you know, not but also I, money. Yeah, I know, right? They they Come probably on. probably gave up a lot of money to not do that. But you know, uh, good for them for uh, having some artistic integrity uh, for themselves. So as I talked about the before, this movie kind of had a rocky uh, release schedule. Yes. So it was originally uh, planned to release in March of 2020. It had its world premiere at the Lincoln Center on March 8th. As we know, it was not released until May 28th, 2021. Up to the point of March 18th was the date that it was supposed to be released. Paramount had already spent around 60% of its budget for global prints and advertising, which is insane. Um, so uh, no one thought that it was going to be pushed back. But Krasinski pushed for it because he thought he wanted moviegoers to see this film together. Uh, and with the pandemic, it was not the right time to provide that experience. And I, for one, agree with him because this is certainly a movie you would want to see with other people. Well, and also just a movie you need to see in a theater. Yeah, like, exactly. This is not a watch at home on HBO Max movie. 100%. So it was postponed to September 4th, 2020. Then it was postponed to April 23rd, 2021. And then actually it was scheduled then to uh, be postponed until September 17th, 2021. Wow. However, it was actually uh, pushed up uh, to May eventually. Uh, and it was successful. Uh, its opening weekend grossed $58.5 over the four-day Memorial Day weekend, making it the biggest opening weekend since Sonic the Hedgehog. 
<laughs> and, and truly, and especially what a lot of people were saying about it at the time and kind of what it did was really open the doors that, hey, you know, after the pandemic, after, you know, sort of the opening of streaming services releasing movies straight onto their platforms, no matter how big they are. Yeah. This movie sort of made it clear that, hey, movies that are only released in theaters are still viable. They're still going to make money. We can still do it. Yeah. So I think it was it was kind of a cool thing that A Quiet Place did with pushing back its release because it's a movie that needs to be uh, experienced in the theaters. Um, uh, actually, if you haven't seen this and you're going to blasphemously, or if you have a home theater, whatever, uh, or if you're going to blasphemously watch this in your home, it is going to be released on Paramount+. Plus. It's at 45 days after its initial release. So at this point, you probably only have like a couple weeks to wait. But still, you should see it in a theater see first. See it in a theater for sure. I will say, like, Jackson and I saw it um, separately. But yes. when I saw it, like, they did something with the sound editing to, like, work with the surround sound of the theaters where, like, the sound was directional. And I mean, yeah. I didn't see it in IMAX or anything like that. But, like, at some points it would sound like the monster was, like, behind you to the right. You know what I mean? Or yeah. things like that. Yeah. It, it really was an immersive experience. And I think yep. it was definitely, um, yeah, definitely one where seeing it in a the theater makes a huge difference. And I think, yeah, that that's a huge thing. Especially because, I mean, you know, some people might have speakers or a sound bar or whatever. But unless you have that, like, surround sound set up for yourself, it's, it's just going to be an entirely different experience. Well, it's also, too, it's like, I mean, I have no idea how moving something from, like, you know the film or digital that you would send to a movie theater yeah. and how that works translating it to a streaming service. Mm -hmm. But like, I'm not sure if it would even have that capability watching on a streaming service. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm not sure how much of that translates. Yeah. I don't know. I truly don't know. I, uh, yeah, but so see it in theaters, you cowards. Yeah. So as I sort of mentioned, uh, John Krasinski is really only in one scene, but for the most part, he's not a part of the new story. So one thing I wanted to talk about real quickly is just sort of movie sequels that don't include the main character and sort of how those were perceived, how they did, etc. Oh, you mean like Ghoulies 2? Like Ghoulies 2 and 3, <laughs> but and not three. 4. <laughs> so, um, the first one we're going to talk about is a personal favorite of mine, actually, Too Fast, Too Furious. Uh, so, uh, if you've seen this movie, you know that Vin Diesel's character Dom is not in the second one. Uh, it still has Paul Walker. However, a lot of the other characters are also not in this one. It pretty much just follows Paul Walker's story. Um, I like this movie. However, a lot of people consider it to be the worst Fast and Furious movie. Hmm. And it was still a commercial success. It made about the same money as the first, but it did have about twice the same budget. Ah. Um, it still made over twice its money, so it was still a, a success. But still, you know, not quite as successful as the first one. Now we're going to move on to The Bourne Legacy. Now this one is interesting because there were actually two sequel. There was an original trilogy of The Bourne movies. And then Matt Damon sort of said he was done after that. He didn't want to do any. But they wanted to make more. So they didn't necessarily replace his character. They just created a, a sort of similar franchise with uh, Jeremy Renner. Or so they thought. So this movie was relatively a commercial success. $125 million budget. $276 million gross. So over, over doubled its money. However, it does feel like a bit of a failure for slightly different reasons. Hmm. Because obviously we have this original trilogy. Then we have this movie. However, the next Bourne movie they have actually brought back Matt Damon. <laughs> so while they still made other Bourne movies, they didn't make other Bourne movies with Jeremy Renner. So yeah. it's a little bit of like, okay, maybe we need the old Matt Damon charisma charm back. Not Man. that... 
I, Jeremy I liked... Renner really just gets the short end of the stick. Like he gets the Marvel character, super cool Marvel character, but you get the one everyone makes fun of and like yeah. thinks is stupid. And you know, he, here's what I'll say. I like Jeremy Renner as an actor. I think he's good. I have heard he's not a great person. Oh, really? Yeah. That's sad. Yeah, but I don't know for I sure. I liked him in Tag. Yeah. Jeremy Renner, <laughs> prove us wrong. Come on the show. That's right. Come on the show to discuss and don't be a jerk to us. Yeah. Uh, moving on to our next sequel that didn't include the main character. Speed 2, Cruise Control. Okay, I actually have a fun fact about this. Okay. Keanu Reeves would not do the Speed sequel because of his artistic integrity. Same yep. as the writers of this. Yep. Um, so first movie was very much a success, cost $30 million and grossed $350 million. Yes. As Lauren said, Keanu Reeves did not uh, come back. The second movie cost $160 million and made $164 million. <laughs> That's tough. So not great. It only made $48 million domestically. So most of its movie was made, money was made worldwide. Worldwide. Two more for you. Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides. And now you're probably thinking, wait a minute, Johnny Depp is in all of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, and you're right. However, Kira Knightley and Orlando Bloom's character, who were also de facto main characters, did hmm. not return for this movie. However, <laughs> this movie I don't made know if that's bank. totally the same, because Johnny uh, Depp. Johnny yeah, Depp was still there. But I think it's still kind of a similar... They were like, you can't have the first three movies without those characters. I mean, yeah. However, this movie did make bank. It grossed over a million, a billion dollars uh, worldwide. Uh, with uh, a B? <laughs> but, critically, it was worse. It only scored 33% on Rotten Tomatoes. Let's be real, though. Do you really expect any of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies to be good? The first one is outstanding, and I'll stand by that. The other ones, I don't know. Anyways. Uh, finally, we have Jurassic Park The Lost World. Um, this one is a bit of a similar situation to the, uh, board movies. Uh, Sam Neill's character does not return for this one. Um, and while the first Jurassic Park grossed over a billion dollars worldwide, again, this one was successful, grossed $618 million. However, they ended up bringing Sam Neill back for the third one. So, kind of a similar situation. So yeah. I just thought that was a little fun thought experiment. Yeah. Thinking about those. So, doesn't really tell us much, because some were successful, some weren't. However, let's talk about my thoughts on the movie. I like this movie. I really do like this movie. I think it's a very well-made movie. I think if I hadn't seen the first movie, this would be like... Very uh, confusing. <laughs> well, not not very... I, I Yes, but I, I was more along the lines of if I hadn't seen the first movie, I think I would like not maybe not have been blown away by this one, but been incredibly impressed. I think this movie is more of the first... It's, it's more of the first movie. It's aptly titled Part 2 because it feels very much like a continuation of the story. Yeah. Not and it also does start, like, kind of right after... It does. ...the first movie ends. Almost immediately after. And not that there aren't inventive things in this movie because, like I said, the, uh, the flashback sequence, like, the, the ten minutes of that... People talking and going to a baseball game. And yes. I actually thought that was one of my favorite parts of the movie. I really enjoyed it. Because I think, too, what we kind of missed out of the first movie is, like, the stasis before the conflict that yeah. is a, an integral part of storytelling. Boo. Um, and, like, I don't think I needed it in the first one, but I think I needed it for the second one. Yeah. It was it was really good. The sequence with the bus was outstanding. Yeah. That's such a cool shot. And, uh, which actually, fun fact, I didn't include this in my two truths and a lie. Uh, Emily Blunt was also hesitant on returning, but the, the thing that won her over was, uh, John Krasinski talking about that bus scene. 
Hmm. And I get it because it's it's really cool. It's and unfortunately, scene. that one's spoiled a bit by the trailer because you see that shot in the trailer. Um, but I still think this is a good movie. I still think it's if you've seen the first one and you liked it, you're going to like this movie. I love Killian Murphy. I think he's great in this movie. Um, but it wasn't as mind blowing. Like when I saw the first one in theaters, I was blown away. I was mm-hmm. like, I haven't seen anything like this before. And so it's more of the same yeah. for me. It's like, I think that the, just because it is like, you know, not to say that it's gimmicky, but like it is kind of based on one specific, like it's the movie where nobody talks and sure. you can't like eat during this movie. It'll make too much noise, like yeah. all that kind of stuff. So it's like, once we saw it, we saw it. doesn't mean this one is any less impressive, but yeah. it just like doesn't take you by surprise as much. A hundred percent. I agree. But would I greenlight this movie? Yeah, I would. Yeah. I think you have to. The first one was a success. This one, I would I would have made my money back because it has been a success so far. And you, once again, you have a lot of great people working on it. Um, yeah. Green. And it's a great story. And I also think, too, green. that, um, you know, something that's good with this movie is that, like, I feel like a lot of movies that have characters with, like, any kind of disability, yep. it's more of, like, a, like, a token thing, I yeah. guess. You know, mm-hmm. where it's kind of like, oh, well, you know, I'm going to have uh, the black friend and the gay friend and the disabled friend, you yep. know? Mm-hmm. But with this, it's like they really made... Um, they really made her deafness a huge part of the story and something that is both an asset and a disadvantage to her. Um, so I thought that that was part of what made both of these movies, but especially this movie, really special. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. And I, it's also just good to see, you know, like... It's good to see an actor who might otherwise have maybe had a hard time getting their career started yeah. be like jump started by something as big as this to sh- because she's incredible, you yeah. know, and it's great to see that um she is already having a huge career. Yeah. 100%. So yeah. So let's move on to the final segment. My two truths and a lie. This one was hard for me um because I uh there just aren't a ton of facts about it cuz it's such a new movie. Yeah. So we'll see. Okay. Fact number one. Brian Tyree Henry. Do you know who that is? Paperboy. Oh, okay. Paperboy. Was originally cast, but dropped out due to scheduling conflicts. Jimon Hounsou replaced him while the movie was already in production. Fact two. One of the producers on this movie was Michael Bay. Do you know who Michael Bay is? Yeah. Okay. Fact three. John Krasinski wrote this movie, the sequel to the original, in only two months. I think the first one's the lie. You think so? Yeah. Are you serious? I am serious. That Uh, just didn't seem like... I don't know. That character just didn't seem like his vibe. Yeah. I I think they're, in my mind, different actors. But, you know, I don't know. I I could see Brian Tyree Henry doing it. Um, I guess. I don't know. They just seem like really different types. Yeah, for sure. I don't know. But that is true. Uh, John Krasinski actually wrote this movie in three and a half weeks. <laughs> Much less than, than the two months. Dang, Lauren. You, I'm going to... You got I'll have to... I, yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> that's, that's tough. It's tough. Whatever. My rain At continues. least I can speak. All right. Well, then you take us out then. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the green light bow, bow. <laughs> and we love you 
Sorry, I accidentally stopped recording there for a second. Okay, I wasn't sure I, why you said wait. I thought you were done speaking. <laughs> Continue, keep going. Oh, I said, and thank you for listening, and we love you, and we will see you again soon. Bye. Bye.